Can states take over and turn around school districts? Today we take a closer look at the Lawrence, Massachusetts turnaround example, examined in a National Bureau of Economic Research working paper by Beth Schuler, Josh Goodman, and David Deming, all members of the Harvard Graduate School of Education community. To dive deeper this week's special usable knowledge-themed EdCast is actually guest-hosted by Associate Professor David Deming, discussing with Beth, his doctoral student, some of their findings. Take it away, Beth and David. So Beth, tell us a little bit about the turnaround in Lawrence Public Schools and our, and our study. Sure. So our study looks at the first two years of the state of Massachusetts takeover and attempted turnaround of the Lawrence Public Schools. Um, which is a district about an hour north of Boston, majority low income, um, majority of students are learning English as a second language, um, low performance for many years, and in 2011, um, the state decided to take, take the district over um, and implemented some pretty uh, aggressive reforms to, to try to improve academic performance there. And, and tell us a little bit more about our study and what we found and why it's important. Sure. So we compared um, Lawrence students' performance before and after the turnaround effort to the performance of really similar students in other majority low-income districts in the state of Massachusetts, um, compared the difference in their performance before and after this period um, of the turnaround. And what we found was that Lawrence students, um, particularly in math, had um, quite large gains in, in math relative to those similar students. Um, and so, so big effects in math. Um, we find small effects in ELA or reading. Um, we also look at a number of other um, non-test-based outcomes. So we look at attendance, grade progression, um, graduation among 12th graders, whether kids transfer districts. And basically, we find no effects, positive or negative, on any of those outcomes, with the exception of um, grade progression among high schoolers. So it does seem like there's some, some positive um, effects in that area. So high schoolers are, are more likely to be kind of staying on track in Lawrence. Um, so big effects in math, small effects in ELA, and um, no kind of slippage on these other non-tested outcomes. So there have been uh, examples of turnarounds in other states, and also some school turnaround models existed, you know, a decade or two ago. Tell us why the Lawrence turnaround is particularly important for policymakers, for researchers. What can we learn from this case? Yes, yeah, so I think there's there are several reasons. I'll focus on two. Um, one is that Lawrence is a rare example of a district-wide turnaround effort that has led to some positive results. I think it's an exciting proof point um, because the examples of positive turnaround efforts are so kind of few and far between. Um, the second reason is that the studies we do have of district-wide turnaround efforts tend to focus on kind of exceptional settings or um, high-profile cases. Probably the best example is New Orleans, where a lot of the um, reforms have been kind of tied up in the aftermath of Hurricane Katrina. Lawrence, on the other hand, is um, an example of a district-wide turnaround effort that resulted directly from the state's accountability policy. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it allows us to kind of test whether uh, accountability-driven um, district-wide improvement is possible. Explain, when you say accountability-driven, Explain why that's important. Why is it important to study the impact of something like this that happens emerging directly from state education policy? Yeah, I mean, I think it's important because um, other states can kind of learn or are, are, you know, constantly tweaking their own accountability policies. And so I think there's a lot to be learned from, um, you know, a case that 
that does um, demonstrate some positive results stemming from accountability. And in particular, I think in the current environment with uh, the passage of the um, Every Student Succeeds Act, states are going to be playing kind of an increasing role in trying to address low performance in schools and districts in their um, you know, at the state level. And so I think it's helpful to have some models that states can look at as they're evaluating their accountability policies going forward. Sounds like what you're saying is, you know, this is an example of where we don't need to have an exceptional circumstance, a really extreme situation to have a turnaround work. Actually, it can just emerge from policy, and this is something that other states can look at going forward. Yeah, I would agree with that. So so here's the million-dollar question, Beth. What, Why did the turnaround work? What parts of it were most effective? What made it succeed where other other examples have failed and what lessons can we draw from it? So it's a difficult question to answer because the um, turnaround leaders kind of implemented a bunch of different things at, at one time so it's hard to sort of tease um, tease that apart. So that included um, you know number one an effort to extend learning time across the district, uh, number two an effort to improve teacher and principal quality in the district, uh, number three uh, an effort to use data to drive instructional improvements and to kind of tailor policies um, to student populations in the district. And then um, fourth was an effort to kind of increase both accountability and autonomy at the school level. So the district um, cut central office uh, budgets and spending and um, increased school level autonomy, but they did so in kind of a differentiated way. So the schools that were higher performing when the state took over, and there were some schools that were um, in that category, were given substantial authority to kind of continue uh, operating as they saw fit. The schools that were um, kind of in the middle performance-wise were um, given more central office kind of supports and less autonomy, and the lowest performing schools were um, actually handed over, um, management of those schools was handed over to outside organizations ranging from charter operators, nonprofits, and there's even a school um, that's co-managed with the, the local teachers union. Um, although those kind of management schools are, are the minority, most of the schools were, were managed by the district and even the schools that are uh, managed by charter operators are um, unionized and, and are non, not schools of choice. Um, so, you know, so there's kind of a broad array of things that are happening. The one kind of policy that we are able to look at in a little more depth is um, the Acceleration Academy program. So that's one component of the district's extended learning time effort where the district recruited teachers they considered to be particularly talented from both inside of Lawrence and outside of Lawrence, um, had them come in over week-long vacation breaks and work with students on a single subject for that one week in small groups. Um, and so we, we look at, you know, whether those students made um, gains relative to kids that didn't participate. And what we find are that the kids who, um, in, in math, the kids who participated in math, those Acceleration Academy programs seem to explain um, a large part, like roughly half of the kind of overall turnaround effect in math. So, you know, a big part of it, but there's still something else going on with the rest of the turnaround. So it sounds like that's not that sounds like it's not rocket science. If you find some kids who can really benefit from extra attention and you you pick them out and you give them some intense tutoring or small group instruction, you can see big gains. That seems like good news for 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 people who want to do something like this elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's an interesting program because, you know, it has the potential for, you know, possibly for for scalability. It's, you know, it's like a 10 to 1 teacher-student ratio as opposed to 2 to 1 kind of tutoring and um, it's something that districts can can think about doing even if um, they're not undergoing a sub 
significant turnaround. Okay, effort. so so other than the acceleration academies, it sounds like it was kind of a uh, a pastiche of different things that worked, and you know. Uh, as you know, I'm a numbers guy, and we're, we're both quantitative social scientists, but something that you brought to the project, Beth, um, that I wouldn't have been able to do if it was just me, is you spent a lot of time speaking to people in Lawrence, talking to folks, stakeholders, getting a good idea of what happened on the ground. What insights can you add, just taking the temperature of, of all different parties in Lawrence, being careful and prescriptive about what, what was happening? You know, What do you think, what was the political climate in Lawrence, and what did that have any part in making this successful? Yeah, I think it definitely did. I mean, that work is ongoing, but I do think there's some signs that um, this effort has been kind of less politically controversial and charged than some of the other kind of high-profile um, examples that that we're most familiar with um, in terms of state takeover and district turnaround. And I think that um, you know states can learn from this example, but I think they should be careful when thinking about selecting particular districts for this kind of intervention to think about the parallels with Lawrence and the ways in which you know uh, other districts that are super low performing might be different. Um, so, so that's a good question. So, why do you? You say other states can learn. What about within Massachusetts? I mean, one one way to think about this is: is it something about the politics of, of the state itself that it suggests maybe this might work in other in other um, districts within Massachusetts, or is it really about the people who are in the district itself being willing willing to change? I mean, my guess is that it's a combination of both. I think that um, another factor that certainly must have you know play a role is state capacity. Um, here, but um, you know it's interesting. So Lawrence was the the first district that was taken over by the state of Massachusetts after the passage of the Achievement Gap Act of 2010, that sort of provided the state the authority to do so. And since then, um, the state has taken over another district, Holyoke, um, in the past year or so. And um, just in the past few days, the Commissioner of Education recommended uh, taking over a third dis- district, Southbridge. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether you know whether and how the state can kind of replicate the the successes of, of the Lawrence um, effort in other places across the state. We will wait to see. Well, thanks very much, Beth, for, for answering my questions and for <laughs> answering the questions of people out there. Uh, thanks for asking. <laughs>